so good to see all of you out there. What a wonderful day it is. It's a little cooler than I thought it might be. It's not too terribly bad up here, but uh, I'm so uh, thankful to be here today. My name is Jeff Bianchi, and I'm on staff here, obviously, leading our freedom ministry, working with member care and such. And um, I have been married uh, 19 years to wonderful Sarah, girl of my dreams, of my life, and uh, we just celebrated that last week. And I have four kids, Jude, Jake, Liv, and Lux. What a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, holy handful. Any of you understand what a holy handful is? Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to share a little bit about culture here. I've, I've been to uh, 43 nations, I think I'm counting, Uh, over the last 30-some-odd years in my life. And um, uh, who who of you here has been to Thailand? Anybody? What a wonderful people. What a wonderful culture. Well, when I went to Thailand, I really realized uh, something about uh, the foot, um, that it is quite rude to move things with your foot. Anybody move things with your foot? That's not quite... uh, polite in, a, in the culture of Thailand, or specifically, you never, in crossing your legs or whatever, want to show the bottom of your foot. That's just a cultural thing for people in Thailand. Um, and um, sweat is also, they take many, many showers. What a wonderful group of people. A second, uh, <laughs> they don't like sweat. It's why big, big people uh, have a hard time in Thailand. But Anyway, uh, and then in Mongolia, anybody out there been to Mongolia? Man, you are not having a meal unless you got meat all over your plate. Yo, you lived in Mongolia for a long time, Alistair. You know all about it. Uh, These are just cultural things you have to learn as you go to a place of what to expect. If you're a vegetarian, I don't know that I would make my next uh, vacation to uh, Mongolia. But... Likewise, in the way that I'm talking about cultures here, and you have, when you come into a new place, you have to learn a new culture. When we enter the kingdom of God, it is a new culture. It is a complete new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of acting, a new way of behaving. It is all new. And the aspect of that culture I want to talk about today is a culture of freedom. Can you say freedom with me? In a Scottish accent, right? Try that. Uh, you know, freedom is defined as the state of being, uh, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And uh, in this context of building a culture of freedom in the church here, I'm speaking of uh, freedom from sin and the effects of sin, whether that be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever that is. We have entered into a kingdom of freedom and a a new culture of freedom. Um, And seeing a culture of freedom established, these are some things that we would like to see uh, transformed. Who here would like to see a culture of fear transformed into a culture of faith? Got a lot of hands out there. How about a culture of offense being transformed in a culture of great forgiveness? and mercy. A culture of self replaced with a culture of servanthood. A culture of idolatry 
putting other things above God to a culture of true worship and a culture of depravity into a culture of purity. That's what we're, those are aspects of what this culture of freedom is. I'm, I'm about to get excited about it. You know, we at All People's Church um, are looking to see worldly culture replaced by this culture of heaven, the culture of the kingdom, and this aspect of freedom is a major part of it. Um, a key scripture for us as a movement, and has been for the beginning of, of the church uh, here at All Peoples, is out of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, where Jesus in the temple is speaking out of Isaiah chapter 61, and he is speaking of this culture of freedom that he is establishing. And it says here, why don't you read along with me, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Woo! Praise the name of Jesus. What a wonderful God we have who came to set this culture um, so the thing we want to talk about overall, I want us to think about this today. A culture of freedom was bought by Jesus at the cross, but it is built by the church on earth. It is not enough that Jesus, it is enough in the sense of forgiveness and all that's available, but we must be those who say, we want to take the freedom bought and we want to see that built among us as a people and have it spill out to our city to our nation, and to the nations of the earth. Anybody out there up for freedom? Yeah, okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about David, King David, the most famous king in the Bible, and uh, the second king of Israel. And I'm going to talk about how he was used by God to bring forth a culture of freedom. You see, King David is a prototype of the Old Testament of Jesus and the New Testament being the king over his kingdom of freedom. And David was used as a spiritual thermostat to transform society. Um, so who, who out there knows what a spiritual thermometer is? A spiritual thermometer, a person who is a spiritual thermometer, right? That's someone who, when there's joy, they're joyful. When it's oppressed, they're oppressed. Whatever the culture, whatever things that are coming at them, they just go with it. But a, a, a person who is a spiritual thermostat comes into a situation and they transform and they set the environment around them. They're not overcome. Very clearly, Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about this culture uh, that is being built and the one that David built. So the people of Israel, when we come to David, had just come out of a 450-year period of darkness. And uh, it was a time under the judges where everyone did what it said was right in their own eyes. That's an interesting thing about freedom, by the way. At times, people in our world, we think, freedom is me doing what's right in my own eyes, leave me alone. But that is biblically a place of bondage. It is a place of bondage to say, nobody tell me what to do. I'll do my own thing. Of course, freedom is a valuable thing in our society, in our culture. And we, many people have fought and died for that. But us demanding our freedom is not the way to inherit a culture of 
freedom. So David, when he came on the scene, um, he, he had come after many years of darkness. And the first king of Israel, who can tell me, tall guy, could have played for the Lakers. King Saul, right? Did, did Saul um, win? Did Saul please God or did Saul fail? Big time fail. He looked to himself. He looked to his own strength. And so there was a failure, and David uh, had to come on the scene, God's man. You see, the good news is, whenever a culture is degrading, whenever a leader is not leading well, whatever side of the political spectrum that's on, there's a little shepherd boy somewhere that God is looking at, and he's raising up for the glory and for the praise of God. See, the eyes of the Lord are roaming throughout the face of the earth, that he will strongly support whoever's heart is fully his. God found David to be true. And David, in that spiritual thermostat, shifted the environment. The first place we see David used in order to shift an environment from fear to faith and from bondage to freedom is on the battlefield of Israel against the Philistines. A great giant named Goliath was taunting the armies of Israel. And King Saul was in fear in his tent. King Saul was anointed by God and could have gone out and won the battle because he was given a place by God. But King Saul had developed a culture of fear, a culture of self-interest, a culture of doing what is right in the eyes of, of himself rather than for God. But King David, this shepherd boy, comes on the scene and he says, how can this man taunt the armies of the living God. I will go out there. And so David ran with five smooth stones and it only took one. Only takes one stone, that stone of faith. And it felled Goliath, the enemy. And a shift, say shift. A shift came on Israel that day, even though David didn't become king for many years. The kingdom saw a shift is happening. We are now entering into a new kingdom, a kingdom of freedom. Was anybody blessed last week by Nick Taylor and his message? I was blessed by it. But I want to tell you here something encouraging. David built in such a way, even as Nick shared last week, for the next generation. Let's look real quickly at this. And we see here, it says in 1 Kings 4.25, it speaks about King David's son. So this is how far the freedom shift David inherited bondage over the course of his life, brought freedom. This is what happened in the next generation. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety. Everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree. Man, what you guys are doing today, there are, I see hearts of faith coming forward. I see shift happening in the spirit and it's going to bless the generations. I was just telling the Herbers, I have such a sense, not of any unholy expectation, but their children, our children, my children, are, are going to come further into greater measures of God's grace sooner because we began to shift the culture a number of years ago when God touched our heart. I don't care who you are, and I don't care where you are or how deep the bondage is around you. You are, can be used by God to shift the culture where you are, in your, in your workplace, in uh, wherever it is you are, uh, in, your, in your school, to a culture of freedom. Anybody thankful for that? 
Let's go very quickly through three ways that a culture of freedom was built by David. The first is Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David was used, and any group of people who will be worshipers of God will shift the culture from fear to freedom, from hopelessness to joy. And David was used. That's the one thing that we know of him is he wrote that psalm, and he was given, he was a extravagant worshiper of God. He said, nothing else in my life is going to take the place of God first and foremost. For us that are worshipers, as we worship God in our personal times, in our corporate times, and as we obey what God's telling us, which it says in Romans is the the spiritual act of worship, then the culture is already shifting. You guys thankful to be here worshiping God together and seeing it? What you're doing by honoring God for who he is, is more powerful than you could ever imagine. I want to look real quickly at a freedom circle, and this is how we're trying to promote worship, I mean uh, freedom, uh, at All People's Church. And if you can follow it from the top left here, we have a freedom day. And this is a freedom training where people are getting ministered to and learning how to minister freedom to those around them. It's a place where there's inner healing and deliverance and forgiveness and all kinds of great stuff. I want you to listen to a man, Gabriel, who has been apprehended by God and experienced freedom and is a culture shifter of his own. So last year at Freedom Day on May 22nd, uh, I was there with an expectant heart. It was my first Freedom, Freedom Day. So I didn't know what to expect. Uh, Pastor Robert, uh, the first session that we did was uh, was for inner healing, and Pastor Robert just said, "You know, I just clear minds, clear hearts, so the Holy Spirit can bring something up to you that He wants to, you know, pretty much remove from you." So for me, that was a little bit hard because I was there with you know with some thoughts in my mind already. So it took me a while to clear my mind, but then all of a sudden, this this image came up of when my my dad committed suicide. So that night, I was walking down the hallway, it was dark, maybe around 2 a.m., and I heard somebody crying. And all of a sudden, to my right, I saw my dad hanging in the garage. There was a police officer right there. He closed the door really quick, but it was too late. I was 14 years old when this happened. And this is the image that came up. So it was very painful, and I didn't know why God would bring up this, this image. So the next step was to ask the Holy Spirit or Jesus where he was at that moment. And I just felt like I had never gone through this. So I was a little bit hurt. And I was asking, you know, Jesus, where were you? Where were you? Where were you? It seemed like forever. It must have been less than a minute. When all of a sudden I saw myself walking down the same hallway, but everything was white. There was like a white veil around the whole house. And as I was walking, the white veil was waving right in front of me, like the tip of the veil. And now when I turned to my right, I saw Jesus on my right hand side. I didn't see my dad anymore. Everything was white and I saw Jesus walking next to me. So at that moment, I felt like, I felt a peace that I had never felt before. I didn't know what was going on, but uh, after that, that session or that day, I've never felt the same pain that I've felt with my dad's suicide. And it was for 33 years that I carried that pain. 
And that day, I just feel that God took out the root of this pain and he said, you know, you don't need this anymore. You don't need to carry this anymore. So for 33 years, I carried this pain and now I've been set free from this pain. And I've been able to join the freedom, freedom team and, and share my story without a lump on my throat because before, my whole life, it would always bring a pain. And I realized that God doesn't want, want me to carry that pain anymore. So it was a great day. Uh, God does miracles, 33 years of that pain, and I've just been set free. So I feel it, it's a great, great day. <laughs> Man, has he been set free. Any of you been around Gabriel lately? He is freedom waiting to happen, I mean, all over. And he is carrying that freedom on the freedom team, and he's carrying the freedom to Guanajuato, however you say that, Mexico, to start a church and see God's glory. You know, another way that David was used by God to shift the culture to a culture of freedom is through servanthood. We see here in Psalm 78, 70 through 72, he, speaking of God, chose his servant David he took him from the pastures where he looked after his flocks and he made him king of Israel. Pay attention to this. The shepherd of the people of God. David took care of them with unselfish devotion and led them with skill. David was a servant. He was a king, but he was a servant king. Who does that remind you of? Jesus. Praise God. David was used by God to build this culture of freedom because he was willing to use the freedom God gave him to serve other people. A lot of times when we hear freedom in our day, it's like, I want my freedom to do whatever I want. And Jesus, Paul very clearly says, it is for freedom Christ has set you free. Don't be burdened by a slavery again, but use your freedom to serve others in love. It's not a matter of freedom it's a matter of what you do with the freedom God's given you. And to those who choose to say, I will serve, God's freedom is abundant for them, and you cannot even imagine the ripple effect of freedom that will take place through them. You here today, I'm proud of you guys that are serving here in so many ways, serving God and building this culture of freedom. If we'll look back at our uh, freedom circle, by the way, you can get on this circle at any place and time you'd like. Just jump on the freedom bandwagon here. We have freedom sessions, and these are, are, are done by our freedom ministers. And it's often done with one or two or actually a couple of uh, freedom ministers, a, a, a co, um, or two people, one that is praying, one that is leading out. And uh, God does mighty stuff. It's similar in some ways to our freedom day where there's inner healing, there's forgiveness, and uh, there's deliverance, and God does wonderful stuff, but it's in a personal setting. And I want you to listen to this lady, Joanna, uh, who had her life transformed by a freedom session. So before I started my freedom sessions, um, I felt completely broken. Um, I had been struggling with my mental health for a majority of my adult life, I would say, but. I found myself in a particularly low place for about nine months leading up to my sessions. I um, grew up without an earthly father. My um, dad passed away when I was an infant. And as a result of that, I grew up in just kind of the shadows of a lot of tragedy and hardship. Um, and as a result of that, 
I didn't have any sort of validation or emotional connection with just about anyone um, as a child and that carried into my adulthood as well. And I didn't realize it at the time, but all of that was taking a really big toll on my mental health, um, which began to spiral downward when I was an early teenager. Through my freedom sessions, I would say that I experienced the Holy Spirit in a way that I never had before. I was able to receive the emotional connection and validation that I'd been lacking for so long um, in a whole new way. I um, grew up in a Christian home and I had experienced God many times before, but these sessions were something completely different and I was able to experience the Lord not only as my um, Savior and God, but as my Heavenly Father, truly a Father that I never had. And it was just so encouraging to be in the room with my leaders of my Freedom Session and just kind of see the Holy Spirit intervening through them and just the ways that they would ask me questions and prompt me in just the right way to help me uncover deep-rooted emotions that I didn't even know that I had. Um, I was also fortunate to have my husband there with me who would just provide you know, unconditional love and really gave me the courage to be vulnerable during these sessions. Um, I remember leaving my session, my second session, um, truly speaking the words, a veil has been torn, like thank God Almighty. And I finally felt free at last. Um, I had experienced, you know, ebbs and flows in my mental health over the years and sometimes were better than others, but this was the first time that I would truly say that inner healing had occurred um, and not just temporary relief. And wow. I mean, you know, you know, Jesus and his freedom culture is on the scene when somebody says, thank God almighty, I'm free at last. Come on. Praise his holy name. Well, the third, uh, thing that David was used by in seeing a culture of freedom established is through committed, through covenant relationships. So David worshiped the Lord and David served others and that's an attitude, but David also had committed covenant relationships and that's where we're going to focus for the rest of this time. Earlier in David's life, we see a key to the committed relationships that he had and what was a huge key to his being a freedom um, a freedom bringer for Jesus. First Samuel 18, one through three says this. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one with him in spirit and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him, did not let him return to his home and family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. You see, David knew how to, re how to commit to covenant relationships. That's, a, that's an un, almost unknown value in our society, covenant relationship. I will love, I will commit to you. I will trust you because I trust God, not because you're perfect, but I will trust that God is the Lord of these relationships. And I will not break covenant with God, and I will not break covenant quickly in any way, shape, or form with someone um, just because I, of a sense of of quick offense. I'm going to be committed. And so we're, one of the ways we're building that um, freedom and that culture of freedom here at All People's Church 
is through committed groups that meet together. Our groups are vitally important. It's not a matter of of, um, you having to go to groups. You don't have to go to a, a group of ours. You get to because there's freedom in that place. It's discipleship relationships are so important for us where we open ourselves up to other people in a deep and profound way where as the, as the, uh, the saying is, um, you're as sick as your secrets, where our secrets are exposed and uh, that God comes in and sets us free. It's vitally important that we commit to relationships. And I'm so grateful for the committed course of this church. As Robert said at one point, the Lord spoke to him, said, don't build for the next five years, but for the next 50 and we're really believing. So I want to ask some members of our freedom team, specifically our freedom group, to come forward. Let's hear it for them. And we're focusing now on um, uh, that culture we're building through committed relationships. And this is freedom groups. Bring back up the uh, freedom wheel here. Freedom groups. We have several different freedom groups. Actually, these are the two, two main groups right now, and we're working um, to bring forth uh, more and more as God gives. Every group in our church, we want to be a freedom group, but these are like supercharged groups that are empowering people to go out and, and bring freedom in whatever life group or, or type of group they're in. So, hi guys and gals. Welcome. Uh, these, uh, I want you to introduce yourself first. Just uh, tell us who you are. Well, my name is Mark Robbins, um, and I help lead the Journey to Freedom on right. Thursday nights at 6.30 to 8.30. Um, there in the north, north Annex right over here. Um, and we, we learn some things and get some tools in the process to, to grow together. My name is David Hale. My beautiful wife and daughter and I moved out here from D.C. back in the summer of 2020 and found all peoples through an act of God. And uh, I support the Journey to Freedom group that meets on Thursdays. My name is Teresa Robbins, and I also lead Journey to Freedom with these two guys, especially you're, this, you're, wait, uh, this cute guy over here. You're called the, you're the secret sauce, girl. I'm the you're secret awesome. sauce. Well, no, no pressure. You're amazing. Don't want to be no. sauce. You and Mark, how long have you and Mark been oh, married? Mark and I have been married next week, 38 years. Ooh. We have um, Man. three sons. Bunch of daughter-in-law. Well, three daughter-in-laws might be better. <laughs> three and sons, a bunch of daughter-in-laws. Yeah, we only have three daughter-in-laws. Just to be clear, in case anybody watches. Let's be is. clear. They are monogamous. Okay, keep Hi, going. Hi, I'm Kimberly Silvera. Um, came to All Peoples last summer. Moved here from New York, and I'm a member of the Journey to Freedom group with Mark and Teresa. Hi. Are you a Yankees fan? I am. <laughs> there is so much freedom in God for me to love and care for you. Go ahead, Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Martin, and um, I've actually been here for about three and a half years, and uh, stepped up and talked to Stephanie one night and said, hey, I'm kind of interested in some things, told her about what I did, and she sent me straight to Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. But anyway, um, I've been leading uh, a group for women this summer. It's it's just been a small interactive support group, and then uh, this fall, uh, we will be uh, going through a study called Breaking Free, uh, and it's based upon a study that um, Beth Moore has done, and it has to do with freedom. 
Wonderful. And hey, I want to brag on uh, Connie. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist who has done many freedom sessions pro bono, otherwise known as for no charge. And we're so grateful for her willingness. Most of us are, are in some sense what you might call amateurs, but uh, God is the pro, so we all have power through his spirit. But so grateful for him, her investment in us. She believes in it that much. <clears throat> but you can't go forever to her. We have to eventually transition you to be a client of hers if you want to see her forever and ever. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> why is freedom important to you? So I was a slave to King Alcohol from the ages of 15 to 30. And 17 years ago, the grace of God freed me from that mental and physical addiction. But more importantly, what I've learned over the last 17 years is that love can only exist where there's the freedom not to love. And our gracious and merciful God allowed me to do just that, not love him. But then I also learned that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So freedom to me is the power to live into the calling that God has set upon me. Right. And that calling is to be reconciled to my Father in heaven through Jesus Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the alcohol was just merely a symptom. What I found out is inadequacy and anger is also a big part of my story as well. So uh, through this group, um, I've been able to continue to hone and refine my uh, walk in freedom. Praise God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick a, a question in here. I want you to talk about in this journey of freedom, because we're talking about committed covenant relationships. Um, what, is, what is your relationship? I remember when you guys met, the day you all met, David Hale, your, and I don't know if your wife was with you at that time, and the Robins. What kind of relationship has God born through you guys journeying for freedom together? Well, we've officially adopted David. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. Now we have four sons. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to highlight that at that information meeting, which everybody keeps joking with me about, I kind of was there to support Mark. Like, I've right. done this before, this freedom right. ministry with Mark at another church. And I was like, man, I hope we find a really great woman <laughs> to help you lead this group, Mark. And I'm going to be looking for that person because it's not me. Um, but anyways, just that family thing that took effect right honestly it just it makes me want to cry yeah hearing you guys talk are you gonna say something david my beautiful wife who's not here she's flying back from dc right now but she came to support me as well and lo and behold week after week um some walls started to come down and um she's now hooked as well and so she's by no means does she have any addiction of the uh, official type but uh, some strongholds uh, for her have, have melted away to a large extent. That's wonderful. Well, yeah, Mark, go ahead. You're on, my man. Oh, it is. Okay. Sorry. Um, I've been parts of, of groups like this for like 18 years. Brought me in. What brought me in was my alcohol uh, addiction. But I've realized uh, since, since going through the, uh, the principles over and over and over again hundreds of times, I've learned that I've got a lot of other issues that the Holy Spirit wants to deal with me on and set me free from. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 says, 
let us strip off every weight that hinders us and slows us down and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And that's really what this is about. It's about identifying those things that hinder our growth, that slow us down. And I wish I had a group like this when I first became a Christian. It took me 20 years of, of being a Christian addicted to alcohol to finally get to a place where I was free from that. So this, if, you're, if you're struggling at all with anything, this is a place for you. Right. And, and it's kind of the picture that coming to me. It's like if you have a backpack on and you're in some situation, you need someone to help you get it on or get it off, you know, and someone else, uh, we can't always get that weight off on our own, right? Or very rarely, we need a brother or a sister trusted to share our hearts with. This should be happening in all of our life groups and groups, but um, it is power-packed here, and we're learning in this season. Um, So, um, yeah, uh, what have you been set free from, ladies? Not just ladies, the men have had much to be set free, but we we know know they've (laughs) really been set free. No, but um, I, I have to say for myself, just personally, I had some horrific um, childhood trauma that went on for years. And so being set free with, of course, the biggest one was unforgiveness that was causing so many issues in my life. So unforgiveness, um, so many things, anger, uh, many, many things, uh, you know, so insecurities, identities that weren't what God had for me. So learning that. But I have to say, going through this years ago, where it started, was being able to sort of change the culture. We're talking about culture of freedom, but the culture of our family, because again, we have three sons, daughter-in-laws, grandchildren. So I'm just so thankful to be free from those things as we were beginning this family and changing the culture. And all of our kids... Their wives, grandchildren love Jesus. And, of course, God's grace, right? Right. But this program, honestly, has they were raised on it, which is kind of funny. People are like, how come they all love Jesus? Well, grace and this program. All right. And freedom, before we go to Connie here, out with vicious cycles, in with virtuous cycles, right? That's what we're doing. No more vicious ones. As we open up, we begin to build in virtue. Go ahead, Connie. Yes, so in uh, 1971, I was uh, a hippie and uh, came from that whole culture. And, um, and thank God for Chuck Smith and the ministry that he had that started the whole Jesus movement. Yes. And, and it, as it rolled up from California to Seattle, uh, the Lord found me, and, uh, and I got saved, and he brought... Uh, brought me through, he's brought me through so many things and so many uh, bondages that I've had. This is an example, a trash bag full of pain, of hurt, of bad decisions, um, and and he has set me free from those and continues to set me free. And and I have to say that um, I have a son that was in prison for a number of years, and and God has, has released him. And he's out. He, he knows the Lord. He's walked with the Lord. He's come here numerous times. My other son knows the Lord. is married. I have um, four grandchildren, and they all know the Lord. And so God, just like Teresa's saying, God is just, he honors us. He blesses us 
um, and he, he moves in our families, and he wants to do that for each and every person. In my practice, my uh, mission statement is, is that I want to uh, see the body of Christ healed and raised up and moving out uh, and, and set free because there's work that we have to do. That's right. There's things that we need to do, and, and God calls each and every one of us to come to that place to where we can walk that out. That's wonderful, Connie. Praise God. Let's hear it for her. That's wonderful. Wow. Free people, free people. How has the Freedom Group helped you in your freedom journey, Mark? Oh, man, in so many ways. It's, it's really the single most important thing in my uh, spiritual growth. Uh, and in my relationships that I've, I've forged and grown in. Uh, it's helped me to grow uh, by dealing with uh, life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups that I, I, I've dealt with for years. And, you know, I want to say this. Uh, freedom is, is, is less of an event yeah. as it is a process. Good. Martin. It's just like faith. Faith happens when we come to know Christ and he gives us that faith. But it's also a process, right? It goes on and on for the rest of our lives. And freedom is like that. We can become free from some things, but we're still in bondage to others that God wants to point out in our lives. And God wants to set us free from anything that is not of faith and is not trusting him to, to uh, deal with Amen. it. So coping with life on life's terms is a process that we learn and we go through it together as a community. And it can't be done by yourself. In most small groups, you don't have time to really share what's really going on. In this group, we've, that's what we make time for, right. is really sharing what's going on in your heart and life. Right. It's wonderful. And, hey, I mean, I'm just touched right. Look, um, as, as beautiful as all of these folks are, they're not all spring chickens, but they're still pursuing freedom. And we can hear it for God. I'm not quite spring either. I'm, I'm you know. But, but the point there being is it's a lifelong journey, a lifelong pursuit. And I'm so thrilled. I, I want to speak to you out there who might say, what a bum deal I got in the family I was born in or my situation. Great. You know, uh, the staff person's kids uh, got so much poured in and I didn't and I'm here to say no matter where you are, a culture of freedom is available for you and for your descendants. It is yours, it can be yours, and God's ordained it to be yours. And so take that faith up today in God and begin to build. No matter how small the initial steps seem, God's gonna transform. So who should come to these freedom groups? Can I just say real quick, if you think you shouldn't come, you should come. It, it's basically we... It's for other people, right? Yeah, it's for other people. Wounds that were never attended to or maybe not attended to, stuff that comes up, anger, depression, isolation. There's so many things. As Jeff just said, um, things that you grow up with, you know, childhood wounds, whatever, things you might not even expect. Um, those are the people that need to come. You need community and family. This is the group. I would say if you're feeling a nudge by the Holy Spirit, come. 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 Sign right. up. And our, our groups are different, and yet they're the same. The goal, the end goal is freedom. And, you know, and so 
whatever you're, you're choosing to do, what, whichever direction, just do something. Don't yeah. just sit still. Get up and start moving, and the Holy Spirit will direct you. Great. And Connie's is Breaking Free, a women's group, and Breaking Free. And these other four, it is Journey to Freedom, and you can be a part. Go ahead, Mark. You're yeah, if you, it, it, anything that you, you struggle with, sometimes we get this tendency to think, I just have to live with this. Or we think, oh, at some point it's just going to go away. Or you hope it goes away. Or you hope the Lord takes it. You keep praying, God, just take this away. And, and it still is, kind of continues and continues and continues. I did that for years. 20 years as a Christian, I struggled with alcohol, and I kept asking God, take it, take it, take it. And it's like, not until I gave up and said, God, I'll do whatever you want, did I, did I end up joining a group. And if, if your tendency is like mine, when I have problems to isolate and to get away from people, that's the last thing that's good for you. Yeah. The most healthy thing you can do is reach out and come to a group like this and, and learn to get to know people that are committed to you and your growth and are there for you. Great. Great stuff. And as Mark said, uh, sometimes it's just time to tell on yourself, right? Tell someone what's going on in your life. And I can guarantee you, you're going to be met by grace and freedom. Kimberly. Why don't you share with us, in closing, what God has done in you through this Freedom Group. Um, it's changed names, but it is the same growth of a group. And yeah, let us know, and we're going to be blessed and, and respond to God. So um, you hear a lot about God having a sense of humor, and I think my testimony kind of proves that. Um, like Jeff said, it was called Life's Healing Choices when I started. But I moved here a little over a year ago from New York City, and I started coming during the summer nights and then began attending regularly in the fall. The next logical step for me was to get plugged in as soon as possible to find a small group. When I got around to signing up, the choices were kind of limited for my availability, but one of the groups caught my eye, Life's Healing Choices. Who couldn't use more of that, right? So I sign up. I hear back from the leader, Mark, very quickly, welcoming me via email, and with instructions on which reading materials to buy. So then I go to buy the books online, and it's titled, Celebrate Recovery. And I'm like, oh no. Like, <laughs> did I just sign myself up for Christian AA? <laughs> so then <laughs> I decide to go anyway. I show up to my first meeting, and wouldn't you know, the chairs are set up in a circle. <laughs> so I'm like, yep, AA. <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, Alcoholics Anonymous. Go ahead. So then, I, then the introductions begin, and Mark opens up with, Hi, my name is Mark, grateful believer in Christ and recovered alcoholic. <laughs> to which everyone responds, Hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. This is exactly what I feared. <laughs> now I'm thinking, are we going to go through the 12 steps? I'm like, Lord, you have me going through the 12 steps? <laughs> Why am I here? Where's the door? Do I make up a substance abuse problem to fit in? I mean, I did have one in college, but I'm pretty sure I'm over that. I made a huge mistake. I'm in the wrong group. But something deep down told me to stay and to keep coming. And I did, and I'm so glad I did. Over the next several weeks, we did a deep dive into some inner healing that I didn't even know I needed. 
When it came down to discussion time, the men and women are separate, so it became an even safer space to share. I began to share things that I hadn't spoken about in years, and it's as if the moment I shared it out loud, I was free from the internal struggle of it. Week after week, bonds of sisterhood began to form in the midst of our group, and spiritually and emotionally speaking, I left every meeting feeling lighter and lighter. I started this group not exactly having a word to describe my particular mess, but then I found out I'm a recovering codependent <laughs> and perfectionist. I initially walked into the group with severe anxiety that I struggled with for months that would keep me up at night. Somewhere along the program, it completely vanished. So praise God for that. <laughs> I've come to peace with my past and was able to sort through my childhood trauma of having an emotionally absent father. And we read the serenity prayer every week in our meeting. First line of that being, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I've come up with a slight variation to say, God grant me the serenity to accept the people that I cannot change. And it's been very freeing. I came to San Diego alone, but now I can say I have an entire group of new sisters who've been my support team and prayed me through some really difficult times. So here I was all this time thinking I was in the wrong group, and God knew exactly what he was doing the entire time. The beauty of the Jeremiah 29:11 plan unfolding for us all is that he even factors in our mistakes. In Romans 12.3, Paul tells us to not think more highly of ourselves, which is really Paul's way of saying how we say in New York, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so this whole season has been just extremely humbling. And I would say for anyone thinking this group isn't for you, I bet it is. All right. You don't need to have a substance problem to join. And if God could use the 12 steps to get me the freedom I needed, I'm sure he can do the same or better for you. What I thought was one of my biggest mistakes, he's turned around to being one of my greatest blessings, and I couldn't be more thankful. Woo. All right. That's so wonderful. Let's hear it for this group who's come up to share with us. Love you guys so much. And uh, we're going to, you know, I just want to say this last thing. Let's continue to, to build a culture of freedom through worship. Let's continue to build a, couple, a culture of freedom through service and servanthood. And let's continue to build a covenant, uh, a culture of freedom through committed covenant relationships. Let's all stand and respond to the Lord today. Thank you. Way to go, Jeff. And I'm so proud of this team. This is one of the things I'm